Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Welcome to Sunday Podcast. This is our chance to play for you some of the best moments from the radio show and some great interviews during the week that you may have missed. If you ever want to check out our show, go to Bongino.com. Go to Station Finder and see what radio station we're on near you. You'll love it. I promise you. We put a lot of work into the radio show. Check it out. But before that, let me tell you about our first sponsor. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Let's say you're a proud gun owner. You want to go on social media and talk about the right to bear arms. Well, chances are your post is going to be flagged by a content moderator. You might end up on some kind of government watch list. To fight back against having your voice censored by big tech, I recommend ExpressVPN. I use it. See, the problem with big tech is that they track what you do online, what you're searching for, videos you watch, and everything you click. They can match your activity to your true identity using your device's unique IP address. When I use ExpressVPN, they can't see my IP address at all. My identity is anonymized by a secure VPN server. Plus, ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of my internet data for protection from hackers and eavesdroppers. ExpressVPN is a VPN rated number one by Business Insider and countless other tech platforms. It couldn't be easier to use. The app has one button. Tap it. You're protected. It's that easy. I can figure it out. I'm not that tech savvy. Defend your rights and protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash Bongino. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino to get three months free. Expressvpn.com slash Bongino. First up today, we talk with Matt Palumbo about the world of fact-checking in his new book, Fact-Checking the Fact-Checkers. Check this one out. I love this guest. He's the editor of Bongino Report. I've known him a long time. I published his recent book. It's a terrific book, Fact-Checking the Fact-Checkers. It's an expose of how liberal money from the Soros crowd and others goes into this fact-checking business, which really serves one purpose, to censor you. Uh, the book is terrific. Fact-Checking the Fact-Checkers by Matt Palumbo. Matt's joining us today. Matt, uh, always good to talk to you. Thanks so much for having me back on. Of course. So um, before we get into that, I just want to throw a question at you. You're a really good analyst of what's going on in the political space. Right before we came on the air, uh, Peter Baker at the New York Times, I mean, a devout leftist, probably a communist, he tweeted out this thing, Matt, that I thought you'd get a kick out of. Like, Trump's last defense is whataboutism. And um, I responded back, uh, yeah, whataboutism is great. Like, what yeah. about a set of constitutional principles we don't violate? Like, if you're going to prosecute Trump for free speech and objecting to election results, then I want to see Hillary Clinton and Al Gore in jail, too, correct? I mean, whataboutism is a great thing. Uh, we shouldn't oh, run yeah. from that. And I think he exposed himself. Yeah, us noticing a double standard is apparently an indictment of us nowadays. But there is, I mean, again, a double standard right in that, right in that statement. It's incredible. Yeah, I, I, I just, I get a kick out of it because they seem to think that's an insult. What about ism? You should engage in all the time. It, it, like you said, it's, it's us saying, hey, we live in a constitutional republic where we believe everyone's held to the same standard. And you have a series of God-given rights. If they're violated for, for, you know, one group, Republicans, and then protected by Democrats, of course, we're going to call it out. So I, I, had a, I know you're a critic of the media yeah. like I am. But yeah, I don't uh, want to go too off topic, but I was actually I was researching uh, what's PolitiFact saying about all this stuff this week and uh, right before the show. And um, so, as we know, you know, the smoking gun from Devin Archer is that Hunter and his father, Joe, you know, they knew about each other's business arrangements. Joe was playing a role. So PolitiFact has tried to sort of obfuscate, and the way they characterized it is that Devin Archer's revelation was that Joe Biden spoke to his son, Hunter. Not, not about anything in particular, 
just that the father and son happen to talk to each other, like as if that's something we would need a whistleblower to, to learn. Um, so that's you know, another way they, 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 they just straw man what, what reality is. And I'm like, he's not, you know, the kid, the guy's seventh grandchild. Of course he's going to talk to his son anyway. And then, then they lie. I mean, Dan Goldman had said when he ran out of that meeting with Archer, he had said, oh, he just said they were selling the illusion of access. I read the oh. transcript. That's not at all what Devin yeah. Archer said. Devin Archer said the exact opposite, that they were selling the Biden brand and access to D.C. And I think, I think Goldman also said they were talking just about the weather for some reason. I guess they needed Biden's <laughs> input on that. I'm not sure why, but for some reason. You know, yeah. Matt works with me at Bongino Report. I don't waste the guy's time. He doesn't work for me. He works with me. I don't call Matt. Hey, Matt. Yeah, is it raining up there? Uh, yeah. Matt would hang. He'd be like, he would send me an email like, are you okay? You smoking weed? Like, why are you calling me about the, like, nobody does that. It's the weirdest thing. But get into your book, yeah. Matt's book, uh, Matt Palumbo. The book is Fact-Checking the Fact-Checkers. It is a fantastic book. I can't recommend it enough. I don't publish books. Um, I don't like myself. If something came out this week, it was a fact check this week, because you're an expert on this. It was hilarious down in Florida. Again, Kamala Harris falsely claiming that Ron DeSantis was claiming there were benefits to slavery in this program, this black history program. That is not what the curriculum says. The curriculum says that people who were tragically slaves learned some skills that they later used. They did not say the benefit to slavery. But, of course, the fact checkers had to run in and get their uh, toes wet. What happened with that? Yeah, so they were conflating two things that may have sounded similar but are radically different. And it, it should be noted that, you know, the, the new standards in question, these new Florida history standards, it's about 55,000 words in length. Um, this part she's criticizing is 20 of those 55,000 words. And I don't mean 20,000. I mean 20. And again, you know, one of the men actually who I believe wrote that exact line uh, is the descendant himself of slaves. And there's actually a report that I think Kamala Harris has had a slave owning family members and her party is the one that upheld slavery. Ours is the one that got rid of it. So there's just sort of this kind of cosmic irony that's the backdrop to all of this. But no, uh, Florida does not say that uh, slavery helps people. Um, and only really PolitiFact could come to that conclusion. And they come to that conclusion because they don't really have an option but to. Uh, that is really their job. PolitiFact really, uh, and the other fact checkers as well, the you know Pointer Institute, PolitiFact, and others, they really seem, I mean, it's obvious they hate Trump. Trump has been a target of their enmity forever. But they really seem to hate DeSantis, too. Wasn't there a like 99.99% true claim from DeSantis that PolitiFact yes, yeah, what, 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 what was that one? It was, I, I think it was Hurricane Ian. So he was talking about, I'm not sure they have it probably. It was Lee County. So he was talking about whether or not it was inside the forecast cone of Hurricane Ian. And there was this teensy, tiny, uninhabited barrier island that just <laughs> right. fell within the line. And if, if you were to look it up on Google Images, you would burst out laughing when you'd see just how microscopically it falls in. So we're talking about a county with like 800,000 people. You know, at, at its peak over the summer, I think maybe 20 people live on this island, but there was zero at the time. And they said the census's claim was mostly false. And, you know, I did the math. It was like... By population, even if the island was at its max and have um, uh, a population, it would have been something like ninety nine point nine nine eight percent out of the forecast cone. So, so they'll take <laughs> something that's zero point zero two percent false, uh, uh, yeah, false, and then assign a mostly false rating. Um, and yeah, another example that came to mind, and 
I think this just kind of showcases how the fact checkers probably are coordinating was, um, do you remember back, I think it was a year ago, the Washington Free Beacon did a story where they were reporting the Biden administration was giving out these drug kits that had free crack pipes. Oh, wait, the crack Uh, pipe. This is my favorite excerpt in the book, folks. You remember the Biden crack pipes? Like they literally had the crack pipes. They had the actual physical crack pipe, not rhetorical crack pipes. It wasn't meant as a verbal device. It was an actual crack pipe. Well, what happened with the fact checkers, though? I I read it, but that's my favorite excerpt. So every single one, and a lot of like the non USA Today got on it, Snopes, PolitiFact, and then some of the lesser ones got on this. So they they definitely saw it as as worthy of quote unquote fact checking. But they're they basically just denied it, and the only evidence they had was they asked the White House, and the White House denied it. So it just goes to show kind of how circular the reasoning is. They just take their word for it. So so anyway. The Washington Free Beacon, you know, standing by the reporting, goes out and actually gets the crack pipes. So you'd think, well, no, certainly then they'll update the fact check. Uh, the only one that updated was Snopes, and they didn't change it from, like, false to true. They, they changed it from false to, I think, unproven, and then tried to claim, like, in an update, well, there's new information we didn't have at the time, trying to excuse themselves for not doing their job. <laughs> Here's another one of my favorites from the book. The fact checkers claimed that Biden never said he was going to get rid of fossil fuels, despite Biden literally using those words multiple times that he was going to get rid of fossil fuels. What was their justification for that one, though? That uh, that he so was they're, cognitively they're gonna... impaired, SpaghettiOs brains or something, and he didn't know what he was saying? Like, how did they gloss over that? Do you remember? Well, I don't know. I think they just I think they might either just missed it or are just trying to bend reality because the context was there was a um, during a rally back in 2020. Biden says we're going to the direct quote is we're going to get rid of fossil fuels. So then during the, the vice presidential debates between Harris and Pence, Pence quoted Biden as saying that. And then PolitiFact did a fact check saying, no, no, Biden never said that, even though we have him on video saying it three months prior. <laughs> Here's another one. This is another gem. We're talking to Matt Palumbo, author of the new book, Fact Checking the Fact Checkers. It's folks, I gotta tell you, it's not meant to be a comedy, the book. It is it's not. <laughs> but the book is hilarious. Like you're gonna read it and you're gonna be like, this can't possibly be true. But there's a good body of it in the beginning that talks about who's funding this stuff. It's connected to this entire network, the Omadire, Soros people. Their only goal is censorship. Matt, last one. Uh, another great one from the book is PolitiFact with Maxine Waters suggesting that she somehow didn't incite violence, which is amazing because Trump can say, I woke up this morning, had a Diet Coke and two scrambled eggs. And everybody's like, that's code. That's code. That's code word to white supremacists. He really means scrambled eggs, if you know what I mean. That's what they'll do. And yet Maxine Waters will say, confront them. Get in your face, and you get PolitiFact running interference for them. That's eight, eight. Yeah, it was um, it, it was that quote where she was saying, as you just said, you know, get in the face of Trump supporters, and and the defense of the left was, and this was what PolitiFact tried to write two years after the fact that, well, she wasn't talking about Trump supporters; she meant like his constituents in Congress, like as if that's any better. So anyway, he he missed himself that that I guess about a year and a half prior. Uh, Maxine Waters actually clarified those comments. And what she came back with was, and this is an incredible quote, well, I wasn't actually threatening Trump supporters in that instance. I do it all the time. 
So, so it, it was like, okay, maybe that's not the best example, but the end, the end conclusion that Maxine Waters wants to incite violence against Trump supporters, she herself has admitted. So, and they, of course, just ignore that entirely. Matt, why do you think, last question, I know I said let you go, but I'm, I'm kind of curious because you've been in the conservative movement. He's a young guy, folks, but Matt's been around a long time. Again, the book is Fact-Checking the Fact-Checkers by Matt Palumbo. It's worth your time. Why do you think the right doesn't have a similar movement? Is it just our kind of in, inherent, you know, negative, positive, like we, we repel each other towards collective action thing, leftists are more collectivists. Why don't we have a similar fact-checking kind of apparatus on our side? I mean, I get it. We're not going to be able to use Facebook and, and Twitter in them to suppress them because they would never accept the right-leaning fact-checking thing. But, I mean, if we did a fact-checking thing on the right, we could have a field. I mean, gosh, man, you, any given day you could write three, 400 pieces. Why do you think that hasn't happened? You know, I, I, it's funny you said that. I actually had had the idea of, me, of like eventually turning the book back into a website because it's like it already is, you know, 400 articles right there. You know, maybe this is armchair psychology on my end, but, you know, generally when we are conservatives in media, it is, you know, media where there's a profit and loss. And the fact-checking industry is much more like the nonprofit sector, which we seem to be underrepresented in kind of as a whole, and we're not really in those networks. So I don't know. I think maybe I think it's actually a great idea. And then, you know, maybe something I'll one day end up doing, you know. Yeah, you should, Matt. I bet you'd get a lot of support. If you did a Kickstarter for that or one of those things, one of those websites, I guarantee you, you'd get a ton of people. I mean, I, I, I've not spoken to you about this before, correct? I mean, not like doing this on the air. No, some no, skit. no. I'm just thinking like there are so many people that are so tired of having their personal Facebook pages and Instagrams. This story is false. See why? And it turns out to be true. That if you could kind of even repay the favor a little bit and then send a link to a lefty on Twitter, like, hey, your story's crap. Here's the actual evidence. I think a lot of people would go for that. But you got the book for now. Check it out, folks. It's called Fact Checking the Fact Checkers. It is an expose of this disgusting, gross censorship business. You'll see start to finish how it really works. It's by Matt Palumbo. Matt, thanks a lot for your time. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much. And you're right. The book is a very unintentionally a comedy, but also a serious <laughs> one, too. <laughs> it's funny. Thanks, Matt. See you later. Yeah, folks, I'm serious. You read it, you get a laugh because some of the fact checks, the one of, I said, they're all my kind of favorites. That's why they're in the We had to dial it down and fit it in the book. There's one about Maria Bartiromo from Fox who said something that is absolutely factually accurate. The guy rates it as false. I think it was Jacob Reyes from PolitiFact. And then in the piece acknowledges what she said was true. You're like, you, you're reading it like this can't possibly have happened. Yet it did. Up next, another famous or infamous Bongino rant, I guess, depending on what side of the aisle you're from. But let me tell you about our next sponsor first. A great day begins with a great night's sleep. I sleep on the Midnight Lux from Helix because I'm a side sleeper and I love it. You're missing out if you're not sleeping on one. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses for big, tall, short, wide, even special ones for kids. To find the perfect fit, Helix provides a 100-night in-home sleep trial. No matter your sleeping position, Helix is the answer. Memory foam, hybrid, all more responsive to the individual with enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating. Helix is about comfort, care, and a great night's sleep. My Helix mattress is the best I've slept on. The setup was fast and easy. Don't take my word for it. GQ and Wired Magazine have named Helix their number one mattress. I ain't sleeping on anything else. Take the Helix sleep quiz yourself at helixsleep.com slash dan. Find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. As a bonus, Helix is offering 20% off, two, zero, off all mattress orders and two free pillows for my listeners. 
Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. This is their best offer yet. It won't last long. Helix Sleep, H-E-L-I-X. Helixsleep.com slash Dan. Helixsleep.com slash Dan. With Helix, better sleep starts tonight. I was really trying to make a point that Democrats really hate the country and the fight against them won't stop. But that's why we exist. Pay attention to this message. You know, what we were talking about in the first hour, this fake, pseudo, ridiculous, BS, garbage, imbecilic, moronic, stupid, leftist, pseudo, conspiracy theory, controversy about Luke Holmes covering Tracy Chapman's great song, Fast Car, and making a racial incident out of it because Luke is white and Tracy was gay and black. This is going to be the the end of the left, as it's constituted now. The left will be back. You know, I mentioned also that I spoke at Turning Point this week in Charlie Kirk's group. And one of the things I brought up was don't believe the, you know, was it, uh, was it Francis Fukuyama? Who was he? Was he over the end of history book? Forgive me if I'm screwing up. The end of the whole idea that when the Soviet Union fell and we defeated them and Reagan won 49 states, the whole idea, you know, the end of history was here and upon us and that the fight against socialism had ended. No matter, yeah, Fukuyama, I know was right. Folks forget that. The fight against leftist, leftist ideology, sexual identity politics, race-based identity politics, against this genuine, pernicious, and persistent evil on the left is never going to stop. I say that not, 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 not to create a sense of anxiety in you, not to create a sense of pessimism or defeatism, but to suggest to you that what I suggested to the students this weekend, that that's what you're here for. You're a freedom fighter, uh, you know, a honey badger in the Serengeti. Looking around at any given moment for for you know means to stay alive while fending off uh, you know your, your your enemies and pray that that's what we're here for. Now, granted, uh, hopefully it's not life or death immediately for us in any given moment. Although leftism does help you get dead quicker, but this fight's never going to go away ever. Uh, listen, I ain't a preacher, man, but I always wanted to be. Because I, this is one of the things I really do. I'd, I'd love to inspire people because people have inspired me through great speeches. And I've always said, gosh, I wish I, I, wish I could do I wish I had that gift in me when I was a kid. But, you know, this weekend when I, when I got this standing ovation after this speech, I was so floored by it. Because I really hope that my words inspire action. And you understand that just because we didn't do too well in an election and the midterms weren't great for us. Even if 2024 isn't great for us, that, there, that is not an excuse for you to give up. You were put here. Your purpose here is not to win. What? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Of course it is. No, it's not. Your purpose here is not to win. Your purpose here is to fight back. What defines you is not going to be your victories. It isn't. Look at some of these great figures we adore throughout human history. Even ones that have made their way into pop culture. The great William Wallace. It wasn't Wallace who freed the Scots. It happened after Wallace died. Why? Because people respected the fight. 
It wasn't the win. The wins happen later. It's the fight that inspires the win. And the win is only temporary. The end of history is never coming. I mean, we beat the Soviet Union. The wall fell. The Potemkin village the country was was exposed. Reagan won 49 states. If there was ever a big macro test of two sample sizes for capitalism versus socialism, it was the great 1980s United States versus the what the liberals thought was the great Soviet Union. And it fell, bro. It fell apart. The Berlin Wall fell after Reagan left office. The whole system was exposed as a sham. And I think as conservatives, we thought, okay, this is just common sense now. Everybody saw this public decimation of the Soviet Union. Liberty and freedom succeeded. Capitalism won. Let's take our UFC heavyweight capitalism belt, wrap it around our waist and go home. And it didn't happen, man. It didn't happen. It's 2023, and we're fighting the same fight again. Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, AOC, AMLO down in Mexico, Justin Trudeau to our north, they're all socialists. They're all fighting for the same system that failed in spectacular fashion in front of every world camera in the late 1980s, early 1990s. I mean, it failed decades before, but you saw it publicly then. And we're fighting these fights again. Why, man? Why are we fighting these fights again? How is it that despite legions and mounds and history books of evidence about the success of the push for freedom and liberty and God-given rights over collectivized, centralized economies and political systems, despite the legions of victories we have, how come it keeps coming back? It keeps coming back like a, a rodent problem in your house keeps coming back like a persistent set of flies feeding on rotting meat. How come we keep finding this sermon coming back and servicing again? Why? Because liberals beat us in the education system. They beat us for 40 years. You know, we were lost in a bunch of arguments about tax cuts and economic freedom, which are great arguments that are worth having. Please don't mistake my words for saying otherwise. But folks, if you gave me a choice, win a tax fight or win a culture fight, I'll take the culture fight 100 out of 100 times. There was a segment of the swampy Republican Party wanted us to avoid social issues. Don't talk about abortion. Don't talk about culture. Don't talk about fuddy-duddy stuff like God and all God. God, we need God. God. God doesn't pay the bills. Don't talk about that. Social conservatives were shunned. We were laughed at. We were told our slippery slope arguments were silly. They were nonsense. People who fought for the sanctity of marriage, ah, you're old-fashioned. You're all crazy. It's not like people are going to force you to bake a cake one day. Oh, really? Then when the cake was forced upon it, and they said, oh, it's just a cake for marriage. It's not like someday anyone's going to force you to bake a Satan cake. Oh, and then that happened too. And then someone said, okay, well, maybe you'll have to bake a cake about gay marriage and you'll have to bake a cake about Satan and make a cake and design one. It's not like someone's just going to force you to make a cake that says, uh, you know, a boy can be a girl and a girl can be, oh, that happened too. Yeah. 
And they were like, okay, well, that happened. But your slippery slope argument that we're going to start doing drag queen story hour where grown men shake their penises in front of young kids' faces and we're going to do it in libraries and stuff. It's not like that. Oh, 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 and that, and then, oh, oh, that, 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 that happened too. And then they were like, okay, we're going to do that. But it's not like we're going to put books in the library showing like pornographic scenes to kids in books, teaching them how to perform sex acts on each other. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, and then that happened too. And then we were like, well, at least the next episode, they're still going to shun pedophilia and all that kind of stuff. Oh, 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 oh. And then the weirdest thing. And then they changed the name of pedophilia to minor attracted persons to give it like an edge or something, like a marketing pitch. And you're like, wow, wow. That slippery slope got really slippery. And the Y equals MX plus B slope of that line is really steep because we're here now. So what I was talking about this weekend, that these are Manichaean fights of genuine good versus evil that are never going to end and they're never going to stop. I wasn't saying it or talking about it to promote a sense of anxiety in you. I was talking about it to promote the rebellion. Don't you want to be part of it? Don't you want to be part of it? Because let me say, let me say something here. Because I understand if you don't. See, I could make this show really milk toast, and I'm sure advertisers would flock in and not talk about anything controversial. Don't talk about January 6th. Don't talk about sexual identity stuff. Don't talk about culture war stuff. Uh, but I'm not going to do that, and I'm never going to do that. And I'm going to say to you out there in the listening audience, if you're looking for you know, a cool, smooth, easy life, don't be a conservative right now. It ain't for you. Because we're not the party of that. We're now the party of the renegades and the misfits, the outcasts, the ragtag group, the guerrilla fighters for freedom out there, and that's us. I ain't a marketing major. I ain't trying to sell you anything. I'm telling you the truth. You want a smooth, easy college experience with no issues and no problems. You want to go to work and be celebrated on Pride Month by all their DEI or DIE employees or whatever it may be. Don't be a conservative, man. You want to go to the family picnic and you want to be, you know, you want to be cool to the young kids. You know what? Don't, don't be part of our group. However, you want to show some fidelity and loyalty to this thing we call the American flag and the ideas it represents and the generational freedom and liberty that people died for. Now that's sexy, man. Now that's being part of something. Now that's a gang I want to be a part of right there. Because you're going to be shunned. You're going to be hated. You may get spit on in places. You may get thrown out of places. You may be poked fun of online. You're going to be censored. You may be boycotted sometime. But you'll be part of something. Your life will mean something. And I want to assure you that this has happened to people who fought for civil liberties in the past too. And although they may not have won those fights at the time, when those people died decades and generations later, 
people respected them for their fight, not necessarily for the win that happened later. The win only happened because of their fight. So you got two sides right now, and the time for choosing is now. You want the close shave, you want the no nicks, you want the easy ride, you want the automatic transmission, go hang out with the libs. They'll love you. They don't get triggered. They have safe spaces. Everybody lands on a pillow. They're not allowed to offend one another. Or do you want to live on the side that's rough and tumble? The side that gets into the dialogue fights, that gets into the political fights. The side that no matter how uncomfortable fights for liberty and freedom for everyone else, even though you know you'll be the outcast and the misfit or the renegade. Because we're recruiting right now and this gang's getting bigger. And as evidenced by the turnout this weekend at Charlie Kirk's group at Turning Point, which was a packed house in 100 degree Florida weather. And I mean packed house. There were about 100 empty seats. And you know why they were empty? Because they were on the far left of a massive ballroom and people couldn't see the stage. So they left the seats to go stand in the back. That's the only reason the seats were even empty. Well, you want to be part of that group. So let me tell you, man, we're recruiting and we're taking new members right now. And the only membership card you need, and it doesn't cost you anything, is you signing up to vote. We'll see you in 2024. I'm long on America, but you still have to put up a fight. Let me tell you about our next sponsor first. Folks, Henry Repeating Arms. These are the best. I have a 44 carbine from them. Absolutely love it. They manufacture a line of high-quality rifles, shotguns, and revolvers you can be proud to own. They're made in America with parts and materials from America. They use old-world craftsmanship combined with new cutting-edge technology to deliver reliability and accuracy you can trust in any situation. They're both easy to use and maintain, making them an excellent choice for both novice and experienced shooters. Whether you're a hunter, sports shooter, or looking for home or land defense, Henry has over 200 awesome models so you can find the firearm that's right for you. There's new releases throughout the year, too. Every purchase is backed by a lifetime warranty. And the company's owner, who I met, by the way, many times, Anthony, he absolutely loves this company. He gives his personal guarantee for 100% satisfaction. Just go to their website. Get the catalog. It's free. It's free to you. HenryUSA.com. Get their free catalog. They'll send it to you with free decals and a list of dealers in your area. That's HenryUSA.com. For a free catalog and decals, you're going to love these firearms just like I do. Up next, we talk with Representative Tim Burchett about his hearing on UFOs on Capitol Hill. Just when I was convinced that these things aren't real and this is all a scam, he gave me a lot to think about. You too would be. Check this out. You're not going to want to miss it. All right, welcoming back to the show. Great guy. Loved the la- our last interview with him. He was in the UFO hearing yesterday, Congressman Tim Burchett. Congressman, uh, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Uh, Congressman. Yes, sir. Is it? Oh, all right. Gotcha. Good. I thought, uh, I thought we lost you for a second. So you were in the hearing yesterday. I appreciate your time, by the way. You coming back. Uh, you blew me away last time with our interview, so much so we put it on the weekend show. So you have these whistleblowers up there yesterday about uh, UFOs. And one of the first things I noticed is that they don't seem to have any direct information about what happened. Does it? Can it concern you a little bit that everything they seem to know, especially David Grush, seems to have come from someone else, like a hearsay thing? How do we know they're being told accurate information? It's not some big distraction. 
Yeah, I've, I've thought about that too. But the pilots are the ones that I was actually. Um, I mean, these guys chase these things down, and they've got the Tic Tac video. I'm I'm convinced that that's a a legitimate deal, uh, 100%. And they um, they have no reason to lie. I've talked to too many people in this in these fields that have uh, been out there and seen this stuff. And so I, it's, it's, it's real. Um, I'm not too worried about him either because, see, we tried to get him in the skiff, and he's denied access to it because of, um, they say, his, his security credentials have been uh, expired, and we haven't really been able to get a good ruling on that. And we're writing a um, – we're getting a letter to the speaker and trying to get us in back, get him in the skiff with us so he can tell us this stuff because there's a lot of it is – yeah, you know, I understand it, it's it's confidential and all that, but but we have got to um, we've got to get to the bottom of this thing. It's, it's just a huge cover up, or, and it's um, uh, yeah, radical. We're walking, and and so I, I'm just um, I'm I'm convinced that it's real, and I'm convinced that, that this is a cover up. We're talking to Congressman Tim Burchett. He was in the UFO hearing yesterday. Um, another thing that concerned me, and and you've re- you've got me thinking. I've I, I got to tell, I'm not uh, averse to the idea that there may be some alien life. I'm I just again, I'm always a little skeptical, especially given my background in law enforcement and criminal work about hearsay because it's always corrupted hearsay. But there was one particular point in the hearing yesterday. I played the clip earlier of your questioning, which was really you know on point where you asked about physical danger to people and there seemed to be some implication that people may have been hurt trying to cover this stuff up but what i found odd about the the guest up on capitol hill there mr grush was that he seemed to imply someone was murdered or physically hurt but wasn't willing to give the name and that's kind of strange to me like you have this big opportunity in front of the entire world to produce a data point a name we could all look up and and none of that happened. Did that kind of did you throw the caution flag after that a little bit? No, I knew the answer to that question before I asked it. Thank you. Oh. And um, and that's why I asked it. I, I knew the answer, and I knew he couldn't answer it. Uh, that portion, and I knew because see, we got to get in the skiff. We got to get in the skiff where we can ask the tough questions, then we can decide what is what is. Um, the truth and what is not the truth. And when we get in there, it's a whole different layer of, of, of um, secrecy that becomes relevant, I guess you could say. You know, we went, myself, Representative Luna and Representative Gates, I don't know if you heard this story or not, we went down to Eglin Air Force Base. We're told we were going to get to view uh, pictures, talk to, talk to um, pilots. We get down there, and they tell us some pretty frightening stuff that, it's really big-time stuff, but it didn't have anything to do with the UFO issue. And then Gates pulled the plug on the meeting, said, we're going, we're calling the Pentagon. We want to find out what the hell just is happening because we were told, you know, that's what he flew down there for. And so um, the military and all its arrogance basically told us, you know, tough. So Gates calls the Pentagon. We end up getting, they, they bring in three pilots and start telling us what's going on. And, you know, I mean, it was pretty, it was, it, we didn't get to see the pictures that they promised. We got to see some things that were, were pretty remarkable, but not, not what we were promised. So, you know, and this is just going on time after time after time. I had an amendment to the FAA read authorization that said if a, if a commercial pilot, not a, not a military pilot, but a commercial pilot sees, um, 
sees an anomalous object or UFO or something, and they make a report to the FAA, which they do, that they have to make give that report to Congress. Well, the bill, not only did it not get voted on, it didn't get heard, and, uh, and leadership told me that it was the uh, intelligence community that killed that bill. Not the intelligence committee, but the community. You have unelected bureaucrats that are that are piercing that that veil or that or that gate or whatever, and telling telling Congress what it can and cannot do. And I mean, you're a journalist. That ought to be that ought to be kind of chilling to you to think that they have that kind of power over us. And that's yeah. and that's their arrogance in this yeah. whole issue. So let's get to the bottom of it. I, I get this yeah. guy in the skip. Let's let's drill down. Let's 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 start. And 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 we we. Every, you know, I tell people it's like the Baptist church. I said, we'd say the devil was trying to keep us, didn't want us to have this meeting because every step of the way from congressmen to, I mean, hell, Mr. Bongino, they, the, um, the room we were supposed to do the press conference in, I got tipped off by a friendly reporter who said, Hey, did you know they stuck y'all in the room they're doing construction on? You can't get half a dozen people in that thing. And I, and we found out and went back and said, no, we're going in the big room. They fought us on that. We've had staff members try to disqualify our um, our witnesses, staff members, not congressmen, but staff members. And then, then you have leadership in both sides throwing up every roadblock imaginable. So this thing is just, uh, you know, if, if there's nothing going on, they sure are spending a hell of a lot of time, effort, and money <sighs> to block this thing. This is why, you see, this is why I wanted to have you on. Uh, Congressman, by the way, we used to be friends no more. I'm sorry. I love you, but you called me a journalist. I'm now done with you. I'm we can sorry. never speak I'm again. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I, I do report on facts. I, I do believe in journalism. I'm honored you would say that. Unfortunately, journalists have tarnished the name. We actually have a liner yeah. about that. Like, call me anything. Yeah. Just not a journalist. They've destroyed it. Congressman, I wanted to have you on because you're a serious guy. Your constituents love you. I had you on last time. I got so much feedback. Your constituents in Tennessee, like, we love this guy. He's amazing. He's one of us. You know, you're a very serious guy. And you are as serious as a heart attack about this, that this is real. And if this is real, that this is, forget aliens for a second. Even if it's some technology that is Earth-based, but is so beyond our comprehension to understand it, Either way, wouldn't you agree with me it's the biggest media story of our time that someone has technology that can make us look like ants on the world scale on the world scale and, and and it's out there and it exists and nobody seems to want to you talk about it? I mean, if it's alien, it's an even worse story, but either way, this is one of the biggest stories in human history. I agree. And it, it but look I, something I, I think needs to be stated. And people say, well, it's probably ours. It's our skunk work. So, you know, we've recovered craft and we're flying these things around. But, Mr. Bongino, why would we be flying our best pilots with uh, around vehicles that we've had 14 documented, 14 documented near misses, $50 million aircraft? I don't give a damn about the money, mm. but you've got, you've got brave American men and women flying those craft. What would they, you know, and that just doesn't make any sense to me. So I, yeah. it can't, I just, I just, I just, I've, I've gone through it. I've played it over. I've, I've looked at evidence and it just can't be anything we've got. And one of the, and the pilot said that yesterday, it's not anything of ours or from this world. Well, every time I, I think this story is insane or crazy, or I'm being pulled in a direction, you come on and you pull me right back. That's a great point. 
if it's our domestic technology and someone working with a DARPA or the DOD or something, then again, why the hell would we fly it near a $50 million aircraft getting our, be- that, getting our best people potentially hurt or killed? That's, that's insane. It's not like we don't know where our aircraft are. That's, that's a great point. Congressman, I know you're busy. I'll let you roll. Uh, we'll be up in Nashville soon. We're going to let your team know. I hope you can stop by. But uh, you're really great on this topic. You're a serious guy. And uh, I appreciate you taking the time to address it in a serious manner. It's only the biggest story in human history. So thanks well, a lot hey, for brother, your time, sir. I can't, I can't thank you enough for having me on. You just don't know. I get a big Bongino oh. bump every time. I'm, my Twitter oh. goes crazy. <laughs> and, I, and everybody's like, hey, somebody said to the other day, they said, Hey, Bongino, you know this guy? He's talking about you. And I was like, oh, crap. What's the, I, I talk about you well, all the time. Well, we love you, man. man. You're and, our new favorite. Well, we put you on our well, weekend just, podcast show, too, just to make sure everybody heard you on the radio yeah. and on the podcast. So you yes, got the well, double dip know, the, there. Yeah, the camera makes love to me. I think you could all agree to that. So, you know. I'm just, I'm You're a handsome man, probably. sir. You're a handsome I man. I don't know about that. <laughs> Well, I got a hey, face for you, radio, and too. Just keep, so. putting the, just keep putting the truth out there, brother. And, and that's oh, why people love you. And and, and, you, and, and the people in Tennessee love you because of that. Thank you, brother. Well, I'll see you soon. Thanks, Congressman. All right, folks, here you go. Congressman Tim Burchett. I, listen, I, I, you know, we were joking about the whole journalist thing. But I, I'm an investigator by trade. I believe in reporting facts. I'm skeptical of the story. I laid out my reasons in advance before. But being skeptical doesn't mean hard-headed either. The man has some good points. The man has some really good points that are hard to refute. They wouldn't let him in the skiff. They wouldn't let him see this stuff at Eglin Air Force Base. Maybe there is a cover-up going on, and maybe they don't want the truth out there. Uh, really, Jim, every time I have him on, I, I, it always screws my whole life up. I mean that in a good way, because I was so convinced. Now my mind's opening up again. Another rant coming up, but first, our next sponsor. Innovation Refund has been helping small businesses who qualify to get a business payroll tax refund through the Employee Retention Credit, also known as the ERC. The ERC is a tax refund for businesses that kept employees on payroll for parts of 2020 and 2021. So if you own a business with more than five employees, you can have money waiting to be claimed. The ERC tax filing is complex and Innovation Refunds and their independent tax attorneys are dedicated to helping business owners navigate the process. Qualifying for the ERC goes beyond sales decline. If your business faced challenges to the growth that it would have had without the pandemic, government orders, it may be eligible for a substantial refund. Innovation Refunds does not provide tax or legal advice. They work with an independent network of tax professionals and will share information with them to evaluate and process your claims. Terms and conditions apply. Go to innovationrefunds.com to determine eligibility. If you qualify, you could be on your way to receiving money for your business. There's no upfront charge. They don't get paid unless you get paid. Go to innovationrefunds.com or dial 1-843-REFUNDS. That's innovationrefunds.com or 1-843-REFUNDS. I've been trying to warn everyone about the China threat, and I laid out the scenario about which what the world will look like after China invades Taiwan. I think you'll like this. I am absolutely convinced in maybe as little as a couple of months, China is going to invade Taiwan. And I got two questions multiple times. I, um, I answer them if I get them more than three or four times because I know it's indicative of if three, four people went to my Facebook page and messaged me, there's probably 30, 40,000 more thinking the same thing. Someone said, well, what does that look like to us on the ground, nuts and bolts, if China invades Taiwan? Well, I'll give you just a few things. 
You can forget air traffic, overseas air traffic. You may be able to forget air traffic here too for a while. Overseas air traffic will be an absolute disaster. A disaster. There will be people stranded in places all over the world. It'll take probably weeks to figure out what's safe and what's not. I say air traffic here too because you can expect an almost automatic cyber war. The Chinese Communist Party will stop at absolutely nothing to make sure they delay any United States response to a potential invasion of Taiwan. That means you may have trouble with local water plants, depending on how sophisticated, because they've mapped out our infrastructure already for a cyber war. It's already happened. That work's already been done. Are you going to have potential nuclear meltdowns? Are you going to have, again, water treatment problems? What about, uh, you know, fertilizer, uh, uh, mechanized and automated fertilizers, uh, distribution systems on farms? I mean, are these all going to be hacked into? The answer is we don't know. Our air traffic system, again, the answer is we don't know. The semiconductor businesses will be all but shut down. TSMC, one of the largest semiconductor producers in the entire world, is in Taiwan. Well, what does that mean for me? It means if your car breaks down, you can just keep it in the shop because you ain't getting it back. Most of the repairs are going to involve some form of a semiconductor. Not to mention computers and everything else. Water supply. Maybe a mobilization. I mean, folks, it could get ugly real fast. Depends on what they do with Taiwan. You know, water traffic, sea lanes, how far it extends out this war from Taiwan, it would be ugly. So the second question I got, well, if I should be prepared for three months, what does that look like? Well, first, it looks like you have to triage your needs. Your need number one is water. You can survive quite a long time without food. You can't survive. I mean, you have your fat stores, your liver stores, about 3,500 calories worth of convertible calories in your liver to get you through a day, and you have your fat stores as well. It's not ideal. You'd starve, but you would live for probably a week or more uh, you know, without food, depending on what your level of fitness and everything is. Water, forget it. You're screwed, especially down in it. We got a heat wave going on. You'd be dead in probably 48 hours. You got to get yourself fortified. Get your family fortified. Don't screw around with this stuff. The best day of your life is when you are buried six feet deep. You throw all that stuff out, and you're like, that crazy Dan Bongino, what a kook. That guy was nuts. That's the best day of your life, and it's the best day of mine, too. You know what the worst day of your life is? China attacks Taiwan. Everything I said happens, happens. You're like, hey, we got water? Ah, turn on the tap. There's nothing there. Oh, you better hope the neighbor has some. You got to triage your needs. Priority number one, water. Priority number two, water filtration. Get yourself a system to filter water. I would get yourself, bleach is ridiculously cheap. Learn how to disinfect water with minute amount of bleach and get yourself, they have these gravity-based filtration containers. You can get them. I think Patriot Supply has them. The Disclosure, they're obviously a sponsor. They have them. You can get them in other places too, but they're really good. 
Watch a couple videos on how to use these small amounts of bleach to disinfect water, how to get sediment out. If you live near water, get yourself a fishing pole. Don't laugh. Have yourself a three-month supply of emergency food. Why? Folks, listen, unless you're the outdoorsy type, and a lot of people are. Jim's an outdoorsy guy. He kind of knows what he's doing. Texan, right, Mike? They're converted New Yorkers. They've been in Texas long enough to claim Texas rights, right? These guys can probably figure it out. I'm always candid with the audience. I can't. I'm a city kid. I've never hunted a day in my life. I swam in a fire hydrant growing up. I have no idea how to go down to the creek and how to, I don't even know how to fish. I had to have someone teach me. I only learned how to swim in the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center in Secret Service training. That's when I learned how to swim. My first trip on an airplane was in Secret Service school to go up to Crane and Company to see how they made paper money. The first time I was ever on an airplane. I was 24. <laughs> I'm serious. But I know that. And I understand my limitations. Because you know what I'm good at? I'm good at kicking ass. I've boxed and was a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy for 20 years. I'm in decent shape. I'm a damn good shot. And I know how to defend my family. So what do I do? I have three months of emergency food for every member of my family. Because you know what's going to happen in an emergency? People are going to come to your house, friends and neighbors, who have not prepared. So three months, honestly, is probably close to six weeks. My mother-in-law is going to come over, so I have extras. Jim's been to my house, seen it in the garage. Jim has it too. I have it stacked up. Have some charcoal. Have a grill. Have a way to start a fire. They have these um, strike sticks. What are they, like magnesium or something like that? But you get those. Get yourself, go to walmart.com or whatever it is, and get yourself uh, those, those wooden matches. You can get like 10,000 of them for 20 bucks or something. Because if you all do this in the United States, if all responsible citizens do this, or even 50% of them do it, and something happens here. We don't have to panic because we can rely on our neighbors. There's no sense relying on your neighbor if your neighbor's knocking on your door for food too. And most importantly, and only if you're comfortable with it, I, I, I have firearms. I have a lot of them. I got a lot of them. And I got a lot of ammunition because they're just paperweights without it. That gets expensive, I understand. But at a minimum, get one, learn how to use it, learn how to operate it safely, be able to put that thing together with your eyes closed. You will get yourself a shotgun or uh, you got a ton of different brands out there and learn how to use it. That's how you get prepared. And if you can, again, a lot of these companies are sponsors, but they're sponsors because we, we have a mutual cause. Contingency Medical has an antibiotic kit. You can go there. I think there's, we have a promo class. I forget what it is right now, but... You can go there and you can get a supply of kind of prophylactic antibiotics in case, God forbid, something were to happen. You got to fill out a form and it's all done through doctors. But there's nothing like looking at that and going, God forbid, World War III broke out and your kid gets a nasty infection after stepping on a nail. Let me tell you something, without some good, high quality antibiotics, you're going to die. That's a hard reality of it. Or, or you're going to lose a foot to gangrene. Antibiotics were abused a lot, but they were, it was a miraculous invention. And also, you know, 
Is this segment okay? I hope I'm not bothering you all. You asked me, so I'm answering. Here's another thing. Just because you get the three-month emergency food supply, you know, the dried foods where it'll last forever, that doesn't mean your, your food closet, I don't use the word pantry, okay? I hate it. Don't ask me why. It's a weird thing. I hate that word. I hate it just like I hate the word slacks. I can't say, or blouse. I don't want those. Don't ever say those words around. I don't know why. They just, <laughs> in your food closet, you should have some stuff that you can eat right away. You shouldn't have to crack open your three-month emergency food kit for at least a week. Tuna, peanut butter, canned vegetables, dried fruits. This is the kind of stuff you should buy and eat every week. I buy it extra. So like what I'll do is I'll buy a month's worth. I'll eat a week of it and then buy another week's worth. So I always have four weeks of it. I get blueberries, cranberries. I have it all. I have a whole entire case of beans. Beans are really calorically dense. Tuna, uh, anchovies are great. Some people don't like them, but the thing with anchovies, they have salt in them, which you're going to need electrolytes. And they also have essential oils. One other thing, go get yourself some multivitamins. I don't take multivitamins because they're not really, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of multivitamins, to be honest with you. But in an emergency, you don't want scurvy. You don't want a vitamin B shortage. You definitely don't want a mineral shortage. You want your immune system to function in an emergency so you're not sick and dead. And a multivitamin can be a, a good prophylactic mechanism. One more thing, powdered milk. Keep a ton of powdered milk around. It doesn't go bad for like forever. And it's a, it's a good source of protein. That should help you out. And as I said before, if you can get a means, if you can afford it, I get this stuff is expensive, folks. I'm not naive to middle-class problems, okay? I, this is, I was a cop and an agent in my life. I was not some millionaire. If you can get your hands on one of these Garmin-type devices that can send text through satellites and not through the cell phone network, that Garmin, a lot, I'm only, because that's what I have, but I know a lot of companies make them. They're not a sponsor or anything. I'm not, I don't, the product works fine for me, but you need to be able to communicate with family members and assume the cellular system is completely down. The satellites will likely not go down. Now, China's got a satellite plan to attack our satellites too, but listen, unless you're going to do smoke signals, it's the second best option. Thanks for listening to this special Sunday podcast we put together for you. You can hear me every weekday across the country and over 300 radio stations. Go to Bongino.com, click on Station Finder to find out where I'm on near you. Thanks for listening. You just heard Dan Bongino.